Welcome to Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life. I'm Sherry Essig, an executive and life coach, and I work with people who are done settling for less than success and happiness. And I'm Ann Roby, an HR advisor and consultant focused on building strong employee engagement and meaningful company culture. So Sherry, we were kind of kicking around ideas for today's episode, and we had this really funny call. You called and said, what do you think about talking about purpose and passion? And I had just been reading Will Smith's book, which by the way, amazing book, just called Will. You know, he kind of riffed on purpose a little bit. And so that's was just sort of like really interesting timing that right when you suggested it, I had literally just read it that morning. It was bizarre. Well, what was so funny is you so enthusiastically reacted to the idea. I was so excited because this is a topic I've really wanted to talk about for quite a while. Yeah. I think there's so many places we can go with it. And just to pull back the curtain a little bit, when we were kicking it around to to think about how we would tee this up for our listeners, we really thought this had so much to do with the times in our lives when we can feel a little bit stuck. And Sherry, I know that's one of the taglines you used for your business. And so what does that mean? What does it feel like? What is being stuck? What does that, what does that mean to you? Being stuck can look like a lot of different things, but I think most of us know that feeling when we just cannot figure out how to either move forward or how to change something that's not working for us or that sense of, my God, I've been talking about the same shit for like months or years and I don't understand why I'm not doing something about it because I solve problems in my work all the time and I solve problems in my life all the time. But it's this- Or we solve problems for other people. It's very easy to get other people unstuck. Exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, I hate to define something of like, well, you know it when you feel it, but it is this sense of, I cannot figure out how to change some circumstance, right? Some circumstance in my life, whether it's, I can't figure out how to get myself out of a relationship or how to find a new job or how to set better boundaries. I mean, there's a million ways we can get stuck, but I think it always comes back to, man, I don't know what is up with me. I cannot seem to change this situation. You know, and it's interesting because a lot of sort of popular psychology or, or popular kind of writing would say, oh, just find your passion and it'll, and it'll help you, it'll help you get unstuck in some way. And, but you had a really different experience between feeling stuck and kind of finding your passions. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I will say it was this sense of, oh my God, I don't know what my passion is, had me professionally stuck for a very, very long time. Well, why do you think you were so hooked into needing to find a passion? You know, I don't think I can point to just one thing, but it felt to me like I was surrounded by people who were super passionate (laughs) about lots of different things. And this really started for me in college, like really passionate about going out into the world of accounting or really passionate about what they were going to next be doing. I read articles around follow your bliss, find your passion, right? (laughs) Like do what you love. Like you'll never work a day in your life. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I just had this idea that like I would know my passion when I found it. 
And when I found my passion, it would really free me up. It would solve everything. All your problems would be solved. It would. It would solve (laughs) everything. And so I just trucked along. I graduated from college as an accounting major. I went to work for an accounting firm. I then went to work for a bank. And while I always liked the people I worked with, I was never passionate about the work. And I knew I wanted to be more excited about what I did. And I knew I wanted to be a whole lot more enthusiastic. And in my mind, that was going to happen when I found my passion. Mm. And so you're kind of trucking along. Your accounting career is fine. Some jobs better than others. But you still just had this kind of niggling feeling like there should be something I'm super passionate about. How did you start, you know, moving towards what you really did want? I mean, was did something shift for you? Well, let me just say it was more than a niggling feeling. It was this overwhelming feeling. I'm doing something Uh wrong. (laughs) Right. I mean, and I kept changing jobs in my field. I would say starting from probably when I was like 28. Like if I knew what I wanted to do, I would go Mm. do it. I would change careers, Mm. but I don't know what I want to do. And I did a lot of work. I saw there weren't coaches then. I saw a career counselor. I took all these assessments. I did the, I think it was called the strong interest inventory. It came back like I should be an architect. I have no special skills or I should be in the military. (laughs) I hate being told what to do. Uh, Like, so this was not very helpful. I started interviewing people that did different things. Like I was going to find what did other people have passion for? Mm. And I was not discovering my passion. And I don't want to overstate it, but I started feeling like it was an existential angst. What if I don't have a passion? It does sound like the way you're talking about it. Like, you know, your career was fine. You, you know, you had a a full rich life and yet it, it almost sounds like because you're so hooked into this idea of find your passion that it was actually kind of holding you back from experiencing what you wanted to experience in your life. Totally. And to your point, from the outside looking in, it looked fine, but it sounds so dramatic, but it really did feel like a very existential crisis, if you will. Mm. I don't want to spend my whole life being okay with what I did. Yeah. I wanted passion. Yeah. And so coming back to the question then, was there something, you know, you did all these surveys and you saw these career counselors and all that. None of that seemed to work. What kind of either de-hooked you from this idea of passion or, or really, you know, I mean, I see how fabulous you are in your work and what you do. So I'm wondering how you kind of got to the point of, you know, leaving accounting and then finding the thing that really, maybe it's not passion, maybe you have another word for it, but really kind of serves you and, and makes you feel more fulfilled. Yeah. So I wouldn't recommend my process to anybody else because it actually involved my best friend dying. Mm. At this point, I was in my mid-30s. And I, at that point, I've been in accounting and finance for over 10 years. And I had this realization when he died that I do not want to wake up at 70 years old, which is when I thought I would retire, right? I did not want to wake up at 70 years old and say, I spent my whole career with it being okay because I didn't actually have the guts and the courage to really figure out what is it that I would really enjoy doing. And so part of it was I let go of passion. Yeah. And moved into more of a space of 
what would be interesting? What would be more meaningful? Yeah. What would feel like it had more purpose? This is really interesting because, I mean, nobody would say you weren't trying. Nobody would say you weren't interested in kind of cracking this code. And yet you just used a really interesting word. And that's like the, really the guts to look a little bit further. And it's interesting because a lot of people would say, well, it takes a lot of guts to follow your passion. But in your case, and I want to be clear, I don't want to say that following your passion is a bad thing because I have a slightly different story I'll share in a moment. But I think what you're saying is dropping the pretense of what this word passion had kind of hooked you into. And it, you know, it kind of reminds me of our our very first podcast of the year when we talked about the anti-resolution. It feels very binary. Either you have a passion or you don't. And it feels very much like because you didn't have one, it was holding you back. And it took this really sad, tragic event to really sort of say like, okay, listen, this is just not going to work for me anymore. It was very interesting because I ended up going through a program called the Highlands Program. It's a really excellent program. And there was a very serendipitous moment where it's a very small group. There were six of us. And one of the assignments was to make a list of all the moments in our work life that just stood out and were particularly memorable or that you particularly enjoyed. And I made my list. And what was interesting is it was all these different things that had happened at work. None of them had anything to do with the core of my job. When I looked at the list, I realized, wow, this is so obvious. Like in retrospect, this is what lights me up. And what was the this? The this was like in my corporate job, I'd have people come into my office that I knew and I worked with, but I wasn't particularly close with. And they'd sit down, they'd say, hey, can I just talk this through with you? I I really need somebody to talk to. And they'd leave and I'd think, I'm really honored that they wanted to talk to me about that, but I'm not really sure. Why me? Like, you know, we don't know each other that well. And then when I was consulting, it would happen to me with the clients and I just realized that it's really engaging with people one-on-one that just lights me up. So would you say that talking or engaging with people, as you said, one-on-one, would you say that's your passion? Well, this was the interesting thing that happened to me because I would not say I'm passionate about engaging with people. Right. I love it. I find it incredibly meaningful. Yep. And it's when I realized that for me, it was about meaning. It was about purpose. Mm. I actually realized I don't care about passion. Mm. And again, I want to say for those of you who have passion, that's awesome, Yeah. right? Like that is just awesome. But I know I'm not the only one who's gotten hooked on it. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like anything that hooks us too much that becomes, again, so binary and so yes, no, right, wrong, good, bad, it actually ends up stopping us because we're too hooked into somebody else's definition, right? So what you just said is, I love talking to people. I find meaning in helping people. It's not necessarily what you would say is my passion. And I'm not even sure, like, I mean, what I heard you say is like, passion isn't even that important, right? Like to me, right? Not that important to me. Yeah. Like it may very well be important to somebody else. Well, right. For me, it was interesting because we were comparing college, university stories. And I finished my undergrad with a very generic political science degree, not a bad degree, but you know, it doesn't exactly lead to fabulous jobs. As I tried to figure out what I wanted to do, and I was pretty sure I wanted to go to grad school, I indeed had a big passion around Mm -hmm. diversity. And part of what I wanted to do is figure out how to get somebody to pay me to pay attention to the thing that I cared so much about. 
And that's what led me to my HR career. Now, one of the definitions that a friend shared with me once about what passion is, it's the intersection of love and anger. And that is a really interesting definition because if you think about it, that is pretty hard to sustain. Or if you do sustain it, it's not necessarily a great place to be if it's Mm -hmm. between love and anger, right? And so for me, it led me to the thing that I was interested in. You know, I, I really considered civil rights litigation, social work, I considered all these different things. And then somebody suggested human resources because I would get to really talk about and impact people on a regular basis. So it's what got me to my career. And indeed, I've had specific jobs around diversity. And most of my jobs included some aspect of diversity and inclusion. But it's not what I do full time. And it's not even what I'd say my expertise is. And so it's interesting. For you, it stopped you. And for me, it was like a jumping off point. Right. But I also know people that get hooked on the passion thing in a different way, right? So I used to be involved with an organization that had super, super passionate people. And I want to be careful here. I don't want to get too specific. But what I will say is they were kind of adjacent to a medical field. And they were so passionate about the work that they were doing, incredibly important work. Kind of wish I could say more, but I'm just not going to. The problem is, is the laws were different then, and they were restricted from giving much needed medicine to certain people. And so they ended up breaking the law and hoarding some of this medicine, giving it to people that they did not have the right to give it to, et cetera. So morally, it was kind of the right thing to do. But indeed, they were so strongly passionate that it actually led them to something that could have jeopardized the entire organization. You know, I really love that definition of the intersection of anger and love. I mean, when you really think about it, passion is very fiery. It's pretty lit, right, is just the word itself. And when we were kicking this around and and we were talking about how we wanted to structure the episode. And again, I don't remember which one of us said it, but one of us made the comment that passion without purpose is unbridled energy. And when you have unbridled energy that's not really anchored to anything, it can just get super dispersed. One of the ways we bridle passion is with purpose. Bridle meaning tame it or direct it. And what's funny is when we were doing some research for the episode, I probably read three articles that talked about like passion is what you want to take into your career. And then I read a bunch that were like, passion's overrated. It should be purpose. And I think what's so important is it's not the words that really matter. It's are you finding meaning in what you do? And you found Anna quote from Nietzsche and I think it sums it up really, really well. Yeah. So the quote is, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And if you think about your why in in life, if you think about your why in your career or in your relationship or in the volunteer work that you do or you know what have you, almost any job situation, et cetera, can be tolerated can even be wonderful if if there is a true why. If there's not a why there for you, then it's time to move on, right? Mm -hmm. And so for you, what I heard you say in your accounting story is there wasn't 
really a why for you there. Interestingly, I worked for an accounting firm at one point in my career as well, and I know lots of accountants that are deeply steeped in a why in the work that they do. They love it and they can really, really define it. So it's not to say any one thing is good or bad, but for you, you didn't find the why. It's such a good point because, you know, I started my career in public accounting and it wasn't that I didn't think there was a perfectly good reason for CPA firms to exist. I think there's a super important reason for them to exist, but it didn't tie into anything that was particularly important to me. Yeah. And so again, I think there's many, many things that they exist for a very good reason, but your why has to come from something that is also I think, personally meaningful to you. This makes me think about my grandparents were immigrants and they had really shitty jobs, right? When I mean, they, they did not have jobs that would fall onto anybody's list of, oh my goodness, that, that would be so fulfilling. But their meaning was they wanted a better life for their kids, Yeah, right? And their meaning came from work was a means to that end. Yeah. And so in many ways, when I was in my existential angst about, I want passion, I want more meaning in my work, there was a part of me that was, yeah, but not everybody gets meaning in their work. And so maybe that's like a greedy thing. But I ultimately came down in the place of the thing about purpose is I believe when we are moving through the world with purpose. We are making the world a better place. You know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, you know, how we started this episode. I was reading Will Smith's book again. You know, I get I get no royalties from this, but please go read it. It's a fabulous book. One of the things he says in the book is that purpose is the flowering of what you are. Purpose is empowering and purpose contextualizes our lives. And so to your point... It doesn't really matter at the end of the day if it's your grandparents who just want to improve the lives of their their families or if you're the CEO and president or something, right? If, if you can find meaning, and it kind of reminds me, I think I might have mentioned this story before in one of the previous episodes, but on 9-11, I was actually in Westchester County, New York. I was supposed to fly out, actually out here to the West Coast to see some family. I was living in North Carolina at the time, and um, you know the whole world froze. And I'd finally figured out, okay, I'm not going to be able to fly to the West Coast. I'm just going to take my rental car and drive back home to Raleigh, North Carolina, where I was living. And as I was leaving, and you know, the whole world was kind of shook up at that point. There was a woman who, you know, a housekeeper, she was vacuuming the hall and she paused as, as I passed and she stopped me and she grabbed my hand and asked me where I was headed and wished, oh God, it's making me teary thinking about it, and wished me good luck on my travels and blessed me. God bless you on your travels. And I will never forget, you know, her job description was that she was a cleaning person for the hotel that I was staying in. But it is clear to me that her purpose, and maybe it was just the purpose because of what we were all collectively going through, but man, that was how many years ago? And I still remember that as clear as day as if she was holding my hand just this morning or something. And so to me, this idea of purpose is so important and it can really help us when we're in those dark moments, finding the moments of joy, finding the the reasons. Purpose is really the why of whatever we're doing. And I think it can really help us when we are feeling a little bit stuck. 
Yeah. You know, I love what you're saying because we've talked a lot about passion and purpose in the context of work, but it really transcends work. It really is about how you are moving through the world, right? And yeah. how you are using your time and how you are using your energy. I'm guessing most of our listeners spend a pretty significant amount of time with their work, yeah. right? And so that's why it becomes important in work as well. Yeah. But there is just having a sense of how do I want to impact others and mm. how do I want to move through the world? I think about that now. And if I had thought about things that way early in my career, I mm. still would not have wanted to spend my whole career in accounting and finance. But I do wonder if I would have had a different experience. At least in the moment, in the moment to moment, right? Ex um, exactly. And I'm sure that is why my best days were when somebody would come in and talk to me because it felt for me, very purposeful. Yeah. It gave me meaning. Yeah. You talked earlier about passion feeling like fiery and, and the definition that my friend gave me of the intersection between love and anger. And there's some good stuff to that, right? It's fire start things and get things going, but too much fire. And <laughs> all of a sudden things are out of control. And yet purpose feels just a little bit cooler to me. It feels mm -hmm. a little bit less rigid perhaps. And so when we were researching a little bit about purpose, you know, same thing. I, it's probably just as easy to get hooked on purpose as it is on passion, but it just feels a little less binary. I've read a couple different articles that talks about when you're thinking about purpose, what's important to think about. There's kind of a, a three-step approach. And one is to really think about your strengths. You know, what are you good at? You know, to your point, Sherry, this doesn't matter if it is about a job or a career or, you know, anything else, but it's still about in the moment, really thinking about what am I good at? Kind of that question that you had in your workshop that you were doing about what are those moments that you really enjoy your day, right? And then clarifying what you care about deeply. So what's important to me? It could be your grandparents providing for the family. It could be a fancy title. It could be whatever, animal welfare. There's lots of things that it could be, but what am I good at? What do I care about deeply? And then where can I actually contribute value? And part of that is, where is there a need? You know, is this a volunteer thing? Is this a opportunity to give my gifts in some way? Am I talking about work? You know, is there something either within my company or within this job or whatever? What are my strengths? What do I care about deeply? And where can I contribute the most value? Really helps to start to get to this idea of purpose. Yeah, I think it's such a good framework. And it's making me think about one of the challenges I kept bumping into. One of my strengths is around being very analytical. Hmm. And that is still a strength. But when I look at some of my other strengths, and I include being analytical, but I start to map it against what do I care about deeply? Right. I wasn't using my analytical strengths in service of anything I cared about deeply. It's sort of like we're in this box that somebody else has defined, right? Somebody might've said to you, like, accounting's a good major because you always have a job, right? right. And so what's interesting is you use your analytical skills all the time in the work that you do now, and it has nothing to do with accounting. 
Right. All the time. I mean, how many times am I saying to you, okay, so I've been looking at our podcast stats, <laughs> right? And you're like, I'm so glad you look at that. Because exactly. Like, it's just, so uninteresting just, to me. Just <laughs> net it out for me. Just tell right. me what the, the summary right. is. So I love looking at data, right? I love information. But I think when you put it in the context of purpose, it has to get combined with, or however you want to say it, this, what do you care about deeply? And where is the intersection of those? Yeah. Right? And then the piece of where can you contribute the greatest value? It's such a good framework. And you can apply it in other, you know, it's not just work. It can be applied in other sort of forums as well. And so, you know, coming full circle all the way back to where we started with this idea, you know, we could do a whole episode just on getting unstuck. I mean, you have you have a whole business around getting unstuck, just a, a little plug for Sherry's amazing coaching business. But I don't want anybody to walk away thinking that we're saying passion is bad because indeed I think passion is awesome in so many ways, but it's just like anything else. Like if it hooks you too much, if it, if you connect to it too much and it becomes too binary, then it actually becomes an inhibitor instead of something that to use your earlier language, like really allows you to direct your energy in some way. And for you, it didn't. For me, it was the start of something, but it wasn't the finish of it for me. It was just the start of something. And so I just want to, you know, suggest to folks listening, if you are feeling stuck in some way, that looking at your purpose, what is your meaning, might be a way to start getting a little bit more unstuck. And I would encourage you to use a very broad definition of meaning. Meaning can come from so many places and in so many different ways. I have a client who is, she's a marketer. And where she gets her meaning is from leading people. And she has said many times, I really don't think I would care what industry I worked in or what company I worked for as long as it was a culture I could be happy in. It's not marketing I care about. It's leading people and building a team. And that is where she finds meaning. And she happens to be very, very good at marketing. Right. But that's not what gives her meaning. That's right. Let's wrap things up on on one other quote, this one from Viktor Frankl. And he says, suffering ceases to be suffering when I find meaning. Mm. That is so beautiful. Well, Sherry, I think that's going to wrap up our episode for today. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed it and would love it if you would share our podcast with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, or post it to your own social media. You can find information and in all previous episodes at flowingeastandwest.com. Please join us next time for Flowing East and West, the perfectly imperfect journey to a fulfilled life.